title of my message, Wants and Needs. What do you say that you need? If, if we're going to be the type of church that is a place of hope, I mean, like, anybody could walk into our church and we're going to decide to be a place of hope. Like, anybody, any person, look in any way, can walk in. And listen, I'm going to decide to be a person of hope. In my hope group, in, in, in here, outside these four walls. But here's the truth, is that my wants and my needs can distract me from where God's trying to take me. Right? Because the enemy sometimes doesn't appeal to, to, through a bunch of different ways that probably won't work. I think most times the enemy appears to you in the form of an appetite. In a form of an appetite. I've seen men and women of God stray away from their purpose because there was a check that was going to be the blessing and it ended up leaving them away from the faith. Anybody in the room tonight? It's not really about my purpose it's about understanding what I really want and what I really need. Because if you understand what you really want and you completely define what you need and you love God, I promise you'll walk in his path. Because what happens is when you recognize your wants and your needs and you follow Jesus, his needs become your needs. His wants become your wants. What he loves becomes what you love. What he hates becomes what you hate. And some of us are trying to do the things that represent those statements without first receiving and believing it so it can walk out all automatically in our lives. I really believe you need to define what do you want and what do you need. Are those lists kind of mixed up together? Do you really need that? Do you really? I, I know, you know, growing up, everything's like, I need that to my parents, right? I need that. I need, I need the GameCube. With four remotes, I need it. You know what I mean? And your mom's like, boy, you don't need nothing. You know what I'm saying? Are you hungry? <laughs> like, are there clothes on your back? Are you in a nice house with a roof? <laughs> Listen here, youngin, you don't need a thing. No, but mom, I need it. Or like we grow up a little bit and then that just transfers over to all the clothes, right? Anybody in here? Anybody in here staring into a full closet and be like, I got no clothes? <laughs> You're like, uh, going through all the hangers. I have nothing to wear. I need to go. So, like, this need, this idea of needing something, it doesn't go away when you grow up. I think it just redirects itself. This need. This, 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 this thing in us that says, I need that. I, I need those. I need this. I need a man. I need a woman. I, I need that job. And, and friends, if we don't clearly define by the Bible what we should want and what we should need, I promise you the door that's glittery in gold that looks like it's God is actually good, yet it's going to lead you away from him. We have to define what do we want what do we need. This is what I feel for Vision Night. As we're going to be a people of hope, a person of hope, and a place of hope, we need to define what we want and what we need. First, First Timothy 6, 9 says, those who want, someone shout want. Talking about wants and needs. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation. That sounds like a proverb, how wise and straight to the point this is, right? Now nah, this, this, this Timothy, this Timmy, this Timmy, Timmy, Timmy Turner. Those who want, want, do you need to get rich? 
Because if you need to get rich, that's a different, that's a whole different verse. If you need. But it says if those who want to get rich fall into temptation. I shouldn't want money. Money shouldn't be the thing that I want. And I, friends, I think it's, it's huge to define what you want, what you need. Because some of us don't even read this verse this way. We, we, we take one out and we put need. So what happens is we actually think that we need money. We need. So we read this verse and it's, oh, that's not us because I don't want to get rich. I need to get rich. I need to get money. That's not me because I actually need it. Do you need to get money? I'm preaching about it this Sunday. Don't miss X-Files. Jesus was born in a manger. Like where his body laid is where like cows ate from. There's like weird teachings out there that Jesus was balling. No, he wasn't. He was from a small town. His ministry began to grow, and even Judas started, started taking from the pocket. I mean, like, do you need to get rich, really? Or do you need the Holy Spirit in your life? What good is it to die with all the money and to go to eternity away from God? Or a verse says it like this. What good is it to gain the whole world but to lose my soul? Psalms 23, verses 1 to 2. Psalm 23, one of the most famous psalms, one of the most famous verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, he leads me, he guides me. I shall not want. If I don't, I don't want anything. God, I need you. I need you. And, 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 and I don't want that stuff. You know, I don't need that stuff. I want that stuff. But God, when it comes to you, I don't want you. I need you. Some of us look at money and say, I need that. Some of us look at, looks at God and say, I want that. Some of us look at the job opportunity and say, I need that. Some of us look like, like a leadership opportunity and say, I want that maybe. But we've got it all switched. You see that. We've got it all backwards. We need to come to the realization that I don't need anything other than the blood of Jesus over my life, his sacrifice, his death, his resurrection. If you believe that, can you shout amen in the room tonight? Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm just thinking about the notebook. What do you want? <laughs> if you haven't seen the notebook, do yourself a favor and go into it with a box of Kleenex, all right? What do you want? What do you want? Friends, you don't need anything. You want a lot of stuff. Philippians 4.11, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, but I've learned, this is so good, but I've learned to be content whatever the circumstance I'm not talking to you because I'm in need. Here's what I learned as a follower of Jesus. I learned not to be wealthy but to be content. I, I, you know, wealth might happen. You know, seasons are up, seasons are down. But I've learned to be content in every circumstance. In every circumstance. Someone say every. That's like the worst day of your week. You can learn how to be content. In whatever the circumstance. You know, you, know how, you know how you can be content on a really bad day? You know what you want and you know what you need. If you're confused on that, you'll be bummed out thinking that you need something when you actually just want it. it, it it'll, it'll fog your, your path in following Jesus. It's saying, I want this. Like, 
I need an opportunity within the church. I need that. Uh, do you need that? Do you want that? I, I need to be expedited because God has a double anointing, double portion calling on my life. Do you need that, though? Or do you need to be in the shadows being worked on right now? Do you need it? Or do you want the spotlight? Oh, I just got to. I just got to do more outside the church so I can get recognized, so I can get, you know, tags, and I can get a lot of followers. I need, I need that. Do you need that or do you want that? I'd rather God elevate, elevate me than it be God to humble me. I'd rather it be God elevate me because of my confidence and my character being built in the shadows than to raise myself up on my own regards, on my own strength, and it be God that humbled me. I, I'd rather be him that elevates me. In whatever circumstance, I've learned to be content. Why? Because I know what I want and I, knew and I know what I need. Let's ask this question to God, though. Next point. What does God want and need? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Talk about wants and needs. I think it's clear to know what you want and need, right? You don't need anything but God. As like mad Christian as that sounds, <laughs> I promise you, Job got to that point, all his children died, all of his property was lost, all of his money was gone, everything was wiped away. And he looked at God and said, hey, naked I came in, naked I come out. <laughs> if I got God, that's all I need. And then God dropped a bomb of blessing on him and literally tripled everything he had before. What do I want? What do I need? As Christian as it sounds, I really just only need Jesus. Friends, does your schedule look like you only need Jesus? Does your prayer life look like you only need Jesus? Does your headspace look like you only need Jesus? Your scheduling, when you talk to people, does it sound like you only need Jesus? And I, I don't want to like really get on you, but man, Jesus is coming soon. And some of you guys are like, that's a broken song. You're right, it is a broken song. When Jesus died and he resurrected, people were just literally waiting there for him to come back. He's like, I'll be back. And they're like, all right. And they just stood there looking at the clouds. An angel comes back like hours later like, hey, bro, he's coming back, but not right now. That's 2,000 years ago, y'all. We've been saying he's coming back. Listen, it's not that he's not, but he, listen, he's coming. I know it sounds like a broken song, but listen, listen, he is coming. But you know what? You know what I want and you know what I need is a lot different than what God wants and what he needs. It's a lot different. What does God want and need? Let me give you this next point. God doesn't need anything. God doesn't need anything. This is, this is the fuel for consistent tithing. It's that God doesn't need your tithe. This is the fuel for consistent longevity in the church is that God doesn't need you to be here. This is the fuel for you to continue to seek after God. It's because he doesn't need anything, yo. Like, if he needed it, you'd think that would be the fuel, right? No, that wouldn't be the fuel. That will actually lead you to think that God isn't sufficient enough. He needs my worship. He doesn't need my worship. He wants my worship. God doesn't need anything. This is the fuel to content. That word that is used in, in the New Testament, being content. 
This is the fuel to understand that God doesn't need anything. God doesn't, God doesn't need anything. But here's, here's the next point. God wants you. God wants you. Does God need you to be God? No, he doesn't. He, he really doesn't. He's so huge. He's so big. He's so grand. But he's still so small. He's the God that can breathe out planets and, and live beyond the solar system. Yet he can get so small to be literally formed in Mary's womb. I mean, there's, there's no scale to this thing. There's no ratio. He can be as big and as small as he wants. And guess what? He's everywhere. It's not just at one spot. And he wants you. Isn't that crazy? Listen, if you were God, you wouldn't want you. Because you don't need you. You guys here tonight? If you were God, you wouldn't, you probably care less about, you know, a couple billion people on a small planet. No, 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 but God, lo he loves you and he wants you. He wants relationship with you. He, he, even, even when we were sinners, it says in Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yo, he didn't need to do that. He wanted to do that. While you were sinners, while you were so far from God, he still sent his son Jesus to die for you. He still loved you. That's wild. Because he doesn't need to do that. He wants to do that. God doesn't need you. Here's the next point. You need him. God wants you. He doesn't need you. You need God. To be the best year of your life, if it's the best year of your life spiritually. I've been saying that for three years. It's to be the best year of your life, if it's the best year of your life spiritually. But friends, understand that you need God. You need to, breathe, you need to bring God into your relationship. You need to bring God into how you schedule your time. Because time is not yours. It's just wasted. Time doesn't belong to you. You're never on your time. You're either on time or behind time or a little early, but time doesn't belong to you. Listen, you need God in the way you schedule your time. You need God in the way you handle your money. You need him. You need him in every area of your life, friends. You know what else you need? You don't only need him. You need this. This. You need this. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Listen, friends, it's not, even, it's, not, it's not only after a pandemic that people following Jesus didn't see the need to gather. This isn't something new. Hebrews is a very old book. Look what it says. Let us consider how we spur up one another on toward love and good deeds. Consider that, yo. Are you guys spurring up one another toward love and good deeds or towards hate and bad deeds? What, what are you instigating? Are you instigating encouragement? This is Hebrews. Although it may be an, an old book, the spirit is, that wrote this is still alive in here today. Consider how you spur up one another towards love and good deeds. Verse 25, not giving up meeting together. This isn't a new problem. Oh, first pandemic ever that's been to this scale. 
Church has never seen people not wanting to go to church. That's been the biggest, you know what I'm saying? Like, people, you don't come, you don't come. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I go to New Birth. Yeah, you come. Yeah, you know, I went one time five years ago. Like, cool. OHS right now. Hope Center, no. Warehouse, baby boy. This isn't a new issue. This has been an issue for a long time. And friends, don't give up on meeting together. You don't just need him. You need this. Let's continue that verse. As some are in the habit of doing, not meeting together. Don't give up. As some are in the habit of doing. But encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. What's that day right there? The day approaching. That's the day Jesus returns. So let's keep on encouraging one another. Loving one another. Telling each other to do good deeds. Not giving up on gathering. But encouraging one another. Until Jesus comes back. That's an active church. Why, why do we need to do all this? Ephesians 4.12. Here's the answer to why we need to do that. To do what? To equip his people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up. So you need him, Christ. But you also need his body. This is what he's trying to do. Is build up the body of Christ. Would you just place your hand on your heart and say, I'm the body body. You are the body of Christ. What do you need? Think about that for a moment. What do, what do you what do you believe you need? But really quickly imagine to yourself, is that need list actually a want list? I, I promise you, this is probably the secret to joy. I, I believe it. Like the secret to joy in the Holy Spirit is being content. Even when you don't have everything you want, but you still have everything you need. It's that joy. And we talked about this a few weeks ago when we were in our relationship series. Talking about, you know, people who are just, you know, not happy and never satisfied. And friends, you got to understand that God doesn't need you. You need Him. He wants you. You don't want God. You need God and you need this because this is the body of Christ. When we worship one another, listen, chains are breaking. It's just promises that God has over this community. All of you with your voice, think about the way the worship sings. They're not all singing the same note. One singing the alto, one singing the soprano, one singing the tenor different voices but man when it's together doesn't it sound so beautiful that we're not all saying different tones but we're still saying the same thing and we're unity like we're in that unity that's the full body of Christ you need this listen friends like you you need God and you need this Acts 20 28 which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. So God's like, hey, you need me, but guess what? This church that you are attending, I paid for it with my blood. Yo, honestly, don't ever say you don't need the church. You sound crazy, yo. I know it's real famous right now. It's like trending to say, I don't need the church, I just need Jesus. That's heresy. That's a lie. That is not truth. Like, I, like if you ever say that to me, I'm holding back my laugh. 
I promise you. Pastor, I just got to meet with you. Come here, Pastor. Please, Pastor, come here. Pastor, come here. All right, what's up, man? Hey, man, so I've been praying. Isn't that the favorite church word, right? Like, you're about to say something, whatever. I've been praying. And um, I've decided, I think God's leading me to, to, like, focus on him so much that I don't get distracted with people. Like, I, I think I'm, I'm really deciding that I'm just going to be an online member, but not even interacting, though. I'm just going to be, the, you know, the church of one, you know. I promise you, I'm holding back my laugh. Not kind of like making fun of what you're saying, but like how would you use the words of God and twist it against God? How, how can you use God's words and twist it against him that way? Look at Acts 20, 28. The Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God. Friends, you know that we're sheep and Jesus is our shepherd. And guess what? This, this church of God was bought by the blood of Jesus. And now you're telling God that your understanding for him over you in this time is to get away from what he paid for. I, I remember I, I talked to someone once and they were like, Pastor John, I stopped giving homeless a long time ago. I was like, oh my goodness, why? I said, no, nah, man, I saw some dude asking for, you know, for food out of McDonald's and, 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 I, and I went and I was like, you know, I'm just a surprise buddy and, and, and bought him a couple of chickens, a little Big Mac, a little... You know, whatever. I, I bought him a bunch of chicken and um, like, like, uh, like chicken sandwich and chicken nuggets. And, and I came to him after. I was like, hey, bud. Hey, man. It's on me, bro. And buddy takes all thanks. He opens it up. He's like, chicken? I only eat beef. Homeless man crumbles it, throws it away. And buddy said, I'm never giving a homeless again. I'm like, bro, I don't think that's the right mentality. I think you got to kind of, you know, like we preached that before, right? Like suffering for doing good, right? But here's my perspective on that story. Is that you feel awkward when you attempt to bless somebody with something you paid for and yet they still don't want it. You feel a little awkward when you buy somebody for Christmas. Hey, I thought about you when I saw these shades. You're yours. Oh, no, I can't take those. Take it, bro. Like, I, you know, it's yours. Like, take it. It's cool, man. Return it. I don't need it. Like, Ouch. I paid for that, bro. I thought of you. I paid for it. It's yours. You'll look great on them. I promise. And when they don't receive what you paid for, it makes you feel awkward. Friends, how many times are we abandoning the church that Jesus paid for and you're giving God a feeling that's like, man, why would they not want what I died for? Like, why would they not want to be a part of what I gave my life for? Like, why would you walk away and, like, church hop and, like, oh, we're praying? Yo, make a decision, y'all, because you're messing with blood. Let's put that verse back up. Acts 20, 28. This was purchased with his blood. Man, we can't play with the blood of Jesus. This church you're in, I promise you, this church has been the best thing that's ever happened to me. This church has been the best thing that's ever happened to me. I've been a Christian all my life, a pastor's kid, 
grew up in the church, when we started this church, man, something was different. There's a different type of anointing in this house. There is a, this is just something different. There's just something different. I know it from people that have wandered off and they come back, they're like, yo, this is something different. I've been, I've been everywhere. There's something different. This has been something that's marked my life is that God is doing something crazy here. It's a miracle and don't get comfortable in the miracle. But friends, I, want, I wanted to give you on vision night. What do you want and what do you need? And, and, and friends, we need God and we need this. Because this was bought by very precious blood. It, it's the blood of Christ that we're saved. So it's going to be the blood of Christ that holds us together here as a family.